And we're back uh, for folks that are tuning in for the first time or, you know, um, just are interested what this is all about. Real City Ambassadors delves into the stories of the known, the unknown, and the rising legends who shape and elevate uh, the cultures in the Bay Area. Uh, this next person does not fall short of that description. If anything, she's plus that. You know, I've known her for about, what is it, like five years, and we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, she is known by most as Coach Leela. She is the founder and director of Feline Finesse Dance Company, hashtag FFDC. Uh, FFDC is a Bayview Hunters Point all-female youth dance troupe that philosophizes a sisterhood of love and self-respect. They identify through genres of hip-hop, West African, and Afro-funk. They get down. Lila's, I already said her name, most recent accomplishment is the grand opening of the House of Finesse, which we will talk about for sure, which is a community center meant to empower, motivate, and support youth in District 10 in every aspect of their journey into adulthood. Not an easy task, but she's out here. Her passion and drive within the Bayview Hunters Point community is to, is to nurture the spirit and feed the souls of our next generation, our youth. Without further ado, the one and only Coach Leela, Leela Pittman. Hola. Yeah. What's happening? Thanks for having me. Happy Saturday. <laughs> it's a happy Saturday. You know, love is in the air, you know, and, and, and that's what you bring. You know, you bring a lot of love in the air. Uh, we're going to get to that, like how, what you've been doing, you know, how you are impacting a lot of youth's lives. But first, let's start with you. Who are you? Uh, well, I am a mother, a healer, a dancer, an advocate, an activist, um, everything all about District 10. I am about, um, I do consider myself a gypsy as well without the negative connotation. Um, I pretty much lived everywhere you could think of in the Bay Area. I am originally from Oakland, California. Yes, I rep the Bay, rep the Bay. Um, I've been in San Francisco over 15 years now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just been a wonderful experience. I know we were briefly chatting offline and I was just saying how much of a blessing it is to be a part of so many eras that are legendary, you know, the Fizz era, yeah, the what era, you know, the Black Joy, Black Girl Magic, all of those eras. It has just been beyond a blessing to be well, a part of it. Before we start talking about all the eras, we got we got to start from, <laughs> from somewhere. <laughs> Who does little girl? That is me. I was actually at a birthday party trying to eat the balloons. I never oh. forget that. You know, I'm always doing stuff outside the box. Why just blow them up? Let's eat them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Oakland. At this point, you're in Oakland or in somewhere. Mm -hmm. They tell me about just uh, you know, your 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 childhood growing up. What was that like? Um, it was not always easy. Um, I definitely grew up, I was very blessed to grow up in the circles of dance itself. Mm. So whether I was rehearsing at Defermery or EOYDC 
or Malunga, which was formerly known as Alice Art Center. Mm. You know, I have a lot of my dance upbringings to credit to the amazing, beautiful queens that have been a part of that journey. You know, women like Sister Rahema, Miss um, Carter, who's a part of Af who is the founder of African Queens Dance Troupe in Oakland, California, which I've had the pleasure to be a part of. And they do some amazing, outstanding work. I mean, they go to China, they tour all over. So having the opportunity to be a part of journeys and experiences such as that, I mean, it's just been amazing. I've been dancing since I was five. You know, and it's always something that has flowed through my veins and just the entire experience itself is always something that I wanted to pass down. Let, so, me, yeah. let me go back real quick. What was the name that you just referenced? Uh, African Queens Dance Troupe. And who's, uh, who's the person that was or is leading it? That's yeah, right Miss Leslie Carter. Can, can I, is it, I'm going to take this time because, you know, these are the people that influence our lives and yes. now I can, now I can piece the pieces of the puzzle together and we'll get to FFDC. So tell me about this and your experience being involved in African Queens Dance Company. And for one, it was all female. So it mm. was very much so women empowered. I mean, myself now as a leader in the community dancing, I was, I'm never as strict as, you know, the women that have been able to be in my life and teach me. So it definitely yeah. gave me, you know, a strict upbringing. It made me be more focused when it came down to my passion, more determined, more committed, and just the overall drive went up, you know? Mm. Trying to find a picture of Leslie Carter. Uh, it, should be on, it should be on their page. Huh. Maybe not. Oh, she's right there. No. Oh, that's Let's her? Yes, with the bandana on. Yes, she's a little queen. She's fierce, but oh, she's- Oh, <laughs> really? Here? Yeah. That's, she's running That's, magic. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Okay, okay. So, and then, so did this, in a sense, influence kind of uh, how, you, like, your outlook on, on, on what it means to empower young people, young Black ladies? Yes, absolutely. Um, it had a huge impact. You know, it made me feel like because I had such an amazing experience in meeting so many young women who, you know, to this day still have continuing connections with. I just felt like that was something that I wanted to aspire mm. to be. So to speaking of young, young ladies, <laughs> we're not done yet. Hold up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> speaking of young ladies, what, what's going on over here? So that is my childhood best friend. We grew up mm. together. We're actually both mothers to this day. Shout out to Tiv. Um, and we did everything. I, th I don't know where. I think this was like Disney on Ice or something in Oakland mm -hmm. that we were at together. But we were like as thick as thieves. And uh -huh. we like, kind of look alike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, tell me about your involvement in cheer and dance groups. And what happened here with this trophy? Yes. So I Probably. used to cheer with a legendary team in Oakland called the Oakland Saints. I mean, there are many legendary teams in Oakland, like Oakland Dynamites, who are still thriving. But I was with the Oakland Saints. And then when we started to really travel and do like competition, we turned into the Bay Area Spirit Association. Mm. And so we went, you know, as far as Florida, Disneyland. I think this one right here was at Universal Studios in Hollywood. And we actually won first place. Mm. 
Wow. So you've, uh, you know, from the beginning, you, you were nurtured in great circles of folks that are competitive, but not only competitive, but they're community driven. Yes. And are winning too. Yes. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you, you've seen like what winning meant. You met, you knew kind of what dedication would lead up to. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And, and so I also knew what not many, not winning meant. You know what I mean? Like you can't win, you know, every single thing. That's just, you know, you just can't. You know, there's going to be some instances. Can you tell me the story of your first memory of not winning and what was that? Oh my gosh. Um, it wasn't our group per se that didn't win, it was our football players. And they like worked extremely hard. I think we were getting ready to go to like some type of national cup mm. or something like that. And we were at the last game that kind of determined our fate, whether or not we were going to go and we were cheering. And once, you know, we had lost, like everybody cried, like the parents, the kids, the football players, the cheerleaders, like everybody was in tears. And I think it wasn't more so of the fact of not winning, it was yeah. like, dang, all this hard work that has been put in, you know, and now we don't even get a chance to go, but you have to remember that you're not the only one that's out here putting in that work. Mm. There are tons and tons of people that are putting in the work, just like mm. you. Mm, 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 mm. And you put in a lot of work and um, here is a, this is your homie right here. Yes. Oh my gosh. Tell me about the homie and what he meant to you growing up. Are you in middle school at this point or high school? Oh my gosh. I think that I am in early middle school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I think I started wearing my hair slick when I got to middle school. That is, was my friend, my best friend's cousin, Corey. Now he could dance. Oh my gosh. And every time we went to a party together, that was my dancing buddy. Like I felt like nobody could match my fly when it came to dancing like Corey did. He still does it his day. That's why I wanted to ask you because I saw the post and he said, the only one. I was like, oh, so who's this? Yeah. Who's this Cause we're I mean, like, hey, we're in that era right there. <laughs> yes, we would go, we would cut up. And I mean, you know, sometimes people, especially nowadays you go to a party, some folks are like wallflowers and they're a little too shy. I mean, like we literally were the life of the party. <laughs> what, was, what was your jam back in the day? What in middle school? What, what were you listening to that that got you moving? Oh my gosh! Back then, um, Busta Rhymes, um, mm. Mystical, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, back in the day, Usher was like, for us, like how Chris Brown is. You know, that's so <laughs> true. That's so true. Yes. Oh my lord! Cool, cool. And then you find, you know, uh, I know this. This next is this is your mama. Yes, that is my rock. Tell me about sure. just uh, the, you know, obviously the influence she's had on you, and 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 some of those values that she's passed down to you today. Well, my mom is a huge influence. My mom has been a beautician. She's for over thirty years. Um, I watched her rise up and not only owning her own business and creating that, but also in real estate. And before, you know, the real estate market had crashed, we owned our houses back in West Oakland. And when I tell you, my mom literally took half of the house that we lived in and she flipped it and turned it into a beauty shop. So like watching her go in there by herself, laying floors down, you know, caulking corners, like those are all the things that I grew up watching and just being able to watch her pretty much take care of me and my brother by herself. 
you know, she not only did hair, I mean, she worked at Amtrak. She was literally a Jill of all trades. We never lacked for anything. That's incredible. That's incredible. And to this day, she's here Mama Leon, shout out to <laughs> Everybody calls her Mama P. Oh, so yeah? She is helping me with the company where she's advocating herself in the community about, you know, safer streets, getting the homeless population off the street, advocating for young folks to be able to obtain their own housing. I mean, she's done it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I also want to take this time to um, highlight a few folks from your end, because I, I see your abuelita and your mom has talked to me about her briefly, but I want to know from you, like, um, tell me about the story of abuelita. So, oh my gosh, there's so many beautiful stories that um, that are about my grandmother. This In this particular picture, my grandmother was going crapping. Now, she was also the matriarch of our family. Like, she did it all. Whether it was going crabbing to get a meal on a table that night or going fishing or um, what was it, can hunting that she used to do in order to be able to, you know, have money to pay rent. Like, she did it all. And she was also a safe haven for pretty much every kid that was within that East Palo Alto community. Like everybody came to my grandmother's house for everything. <laughs> That's interesting. What was her name? Her name was Maria Linda Fernandez. Oh, she went crap. Right. Wow. She's like, she thought, you read, so. she thought you had to read? Yes. My first book I ever read was the Bible and my grandmother, before she got sick, like real sick with cancer, she would definitely teach me how to read out of the Bible. So. Mm. Mm. Love you for that. Blessings for that. My babies. <laughs> oh, I that real quick. I want to shout out also, you know, uh, someone that's really special to you. Yes. My this is like high school or middle school? No, right? this is middle school. Right. Oh so God. let me just uh, be very transparent. I've literally struggled with my weight my entire life. There's okay. been so many instances where I've kind of looked like I was older than what I was, you know, because I was packing on a little extra love. Uh -huh. you know? So that is what hence, you know, turned this philosophy into the self-love. And, you know, mm -hmm. there is no such thing as a, you know, dancer body. There is no such thing as the perfect dancer. You know, just making sure that we, you know, reaffirm, you know, those values and that motivation for that self-love and that self-respect. Yeah. And, um, you know, was that something that, uh, that, that you, what, at what age did you come to that realization and really started to, to, um, uh, I wouldn't, I don't want to say preach, but really talk about loving yourself in, in all shapes and in, in different forms. Um, when I realized that I wanted to do the work in order to help the youth, like, um, I definitely grew up with some great influence, mm -hmm. influences within my life, but I also dealt with a lot of struggles, you know, mm -hmm. being depressed because being, of being bullied, you know, which hence now in return in my company, we have an anti-bullying policy that, you know, both the parent and the dancer must sign before they come into the company, you know, just making oh. sure that we are keeping that safe haven, you know, for for young ladies to come in and be able to fully be themselves and express themselves and feel accepted. So, but you were living in the, the East Bay. Uh, to what point did you move to San Francisco? Cause now I know you live here in San Francisco. Yes. So um, in the East Bay, I became homeless at 12. 
And mm-hmm. that is when I actually lost my father that same year, the same year I became homeless, I lost my father. And uh, we were still living in West Oakland at one of my mom's friend's house because my mom owned our house and she also owned the house next door. So when that whole first wave of what I know as gentrification came through West Oakland, it kind of like wiped us out. Not only us, but every other black person that was living on that block got wiped out. And so uh, from there, you know, we moved around. We went to Vallejo. Uh, when we came to San Francisco, when I was 16, we were still homeless, but we were living with family members. Um, and it wasn't until my mom was able to obtain housing that we moved to Kirkwood and had been there for what 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't up until recently that we had moved from there over to the VGs, as folks like to call it, Valencia Gardens. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring this up real quick, just so maybe if folks are not in the know, they know. So this is just a map. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point you said you were in West Oakland, like where close to West Oakland were you living? I was actually living in Lower Bottom. So that's 14th and Peralta on right Seoul. Here. Right here. Direction. Yep. So even, they were joking, but pre-COVID, they call this East San Francisco. Yeah. Talk about gentrification. I know how, you know, yeah. now it's in, I don't know how many waves. So you say this is home of the Panthers? Mm-hmm. Black Panthers. Huey P. Newton. Oh, he was from here in this area. Yes. You know what house he he was raised in, or where? I do not know. I, I probably not should, exactly. but I don't, <laughs> but I do not know the exact location for sure. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know that. Um, and then from here, you said you went to you moved to Vallejo. Yes. So up north, and you had family members in Vallejo. Yes, definitely have family members, friends up there. I was going to Vallejo High. I think my junior year um, is when I was staying with a really good, she's like my best friend. I was staying with her and her mom. Her mom's a pastor um, and their dad. So they lived um, in Vallejo as well. What and was I it like my junior year. Vallejo? Because you talk about the many waves and for us in the Bay, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was the, the hyphy movement. Yeah. Like in the Mecca, in the heart of it. That was the Mac Dre era, I kid you not. Biz, uh-huh. dance, all of those things. I never forget, I was actually sitting in my history class the day that we all got the news of um, his death. And I kid you not, literally everybody on campus like did a student walkout that day. And we all walked to the crest, you know, where his family and everything is from. And it was just, it was crazy. It was unbelievable, you know, because so many of us, Grew up on his music. He's had such a huge influence, you know, such a humble young man, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. So did your folks, like your friends kind of know him or knew the people around him? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was through my friends that I was even introduced to that era, you know, and really getting to know about, you know, <laughs> Mad Dog 2020 and <laughs> all of those things that came with that era. You know, I Dropping teas everywhere. Yes, I definitely can say I lived that era as well as the hyphy movement. I think for me, the hyphy movement with E40, Too Short, everybody out there in Oakland, you know, that was one of the best times. (laughs) I believe you. I'm so jealous. All right. And then so Vallejo, and then you said you moved uh, to San Francisco when you were 16? Yes. So when I first came there, I was homeless and I was living in Double Rock with one of my family members. So just in case for folks that don't know Double Rock, where am I looking at Double Rock? 
Is this area? No, that is still over there in the. Hold on, let's scroll down right here. Scroll down a little. Where you? I see. I see. Right here. I'm like all up on the camera. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. And what was that? What was that transition like for you from East Bay now moving to San Francisco and moving to Double Rock? Ooh, child. I, I tell you, it was uh, it was an experience. It wasn't a bad one. It was like more like realistic. Like if mm. I thought things was real and how it really was where I was from and things that I was doing, it was a different type of jungle here. Mm, how, so? how, how, how so? Um, just the hustle was different. Mm -hmm. The way folks, you know, their perspective, perspective on certain things. You know, one thing I can say is that San Francisco definitely is home of some great hustlers. And I'm not talking about just on the streets, whether it's entrepreneurs, black business owners. You know, you have Fillmore that is historic for, you know, that jazz era period. Yeah. And just so much history that comes out of San Francisco within itself. You know, black history at that. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, was dance always a part of you no matter where you moved? Or were there periods when you really started getting more involved, not necessarily only dancing, but also teaching? I got involved, honestly, I got involved in teaching in high school. And it was because um, at that time I was a little heavy and I felt like I did not fit the, the typical stereotype of a cheerleader. You know, mm. that was, so I said, you know what? What if I create my own dance team here that we can still be a part of like, you know, football games? I was like, hey, track and field doesn't have a team. Like, what if we create a team, you know, that we can show up at the games and root them on and dance at halftime and things like that. So that was where that started. And it wasn't only female. I had females. I had males, you know, so what, it what was the name of what was the name of the group? then i don't remember the name that we had i just remember that we used to meet at lunch sometimes and then sometimes we meet after school like right in front of the cafeteria area and we get together with our little boom box or we go to somebody's cousin's house over the weekend and it's like nothing but straight dance vibes like we're just vibing out what high school vallejo high oh but you were so you were here in the city 16 and you'd go to vallejo high yes i you finished out my what time year. My mom would commute and take me every morning to school <laughs> across two bridges. <laughs> wow! You see, I lived in Oakland during uh, high school, so I was crossing just the Oakland Bridge to come to San Francisco. But you're going to Vallejo. Yeah, crossing that bay and that Carquinez. What I know. So tell me about your experience, like commuting. What was that like for you? What are some takeaways that you took from that whole experience? Um. The main takeaway that I took from that is that my mom really valued my education. So no matter, you know, if I was right down the street pursuing my education, you know, or if I was 30 miles away, she was like, nothing is going to stop you from, you know, finishing this out, you know, pursuing your dreams or whatever else comes mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. Like you may have other plans when you finish this, but you're going to finish this out first. <laughs> Good. That's what's up. Shout out to mama. Yes. Mama. And, you know, a lot of this kind of, so I want to jump straight into it. Yes, my queens. Feline Finesse Dance Company, when did, when did you have a vision of creating this beautiful group? Well, I started out when I started teaching in San Francisco through the San Francisco Brown Bombers. And I was in their dance. Oh, really? 
departments um, for their cheerleading team. And we did competitions. They did a competition in Florida, which I did not physically go to, but my choreography went there. They won second place there, which is so dope. Mm. Uh, we've done competition here in the Bay in San Jose where they won third place. Yes, those beautiful queens. Oh, interesting. And then from there, I actually had a parent that was within that group that was like, you know what? Like, you do really good with this, with these youth. You do really good with the dance. Like, have you ever thought about starting your own company? And I was like, well, I kind of thought about it, but like, I didn't really, you know, have the drive to really pursue that. I was just like, well, wherever I can fit in with an organization and make a difference. I didn't really think about like, you know, starting my own stuff. So that definitely was a push. And I think I was there with them for one year. And then the following year, uh, 2014, I started. Got it. And this photo I have is 2015, I believe, right? Yes. And tell me about the name. So the name FFDC, um, gosh, me and my mom actually came up with that name. We fumbled around with so many different types of names. But I felt like finesse represented so much more than just when somebody's saying, oh, like, you know, I'm going to finesse you. And it has sometimes a negative connotation mm. for us. It has an uplifting and empowerment in such an encouraging way. And then feline, you know, that's representative of women. And mm -hmm. it is definitely women empowered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, what how did you first get, let's say, five, six of the girls involved? And what was what was that conversation like for them and their parents? Well, it started out, <laughs> excuse me, it started out <clears throat> when I was with the Bombers. Uh -huh. And uh, when they found out that I was starting my own organization, I don't think they were a little happy about that. <laughs> Especially uh, being that I took majority of the young ladies that I was working with on their squad. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just being able to build such a connection with them, they actually left and came and danced with me for a little bit. Got it, got but it. I think because of what I was doing within the Bombers, parents had such a high expectation when we hit the competition floor. So I can literally tell you the first time I took Feline Finesse to competition at uh, Jams Nationals in Las Vegas, we lost. <laughs> like, we did really bad. But, you know, it was part of a learning experience. But yeah. we've been doing jams every year since then. I know. I, there are photos right here that showcase you all winning first place now. Yeah, see? You, you, know. You, you know, you've taken it. And, and that's why I was wondering, how did you get connected with uh, Las Vegas? Because I, I always see you, you know, uh, letting folks know that you're going to be out here, you know, in Las Vegas competing. Um, you know, and, and you've really built a sisterhood of, of, of dancers and, and up-and-coming leaders I mean, what can you tell me about them overall and, and what you've learned as a coach yourself? Um, I've definitely come into this organization creating it with compassion and empathy. But, you know, there's always more that you can learn, not only about yourself, but just from other people about yourself. And so just being able to have the opportunity to work with such a unique set of young queens, I like to call them, um, that are so transparent about how they feel that, you know, are just so real and so raw with emotions that it will definitely inspire you to be the same. Yeah. You know, they do all type of work within the community. So we are partnered with uh, San Francisco Park and Recs, where we have a growing garden at the Eco Center. The young ladies, they donate their time with that. I have young yeah, queen. 
Yes. So the Equator is part of uh, San Francisco Park and Rec. It's a park, uh, well, um, a park that also has a trail. It has many things to it. Mm -hmm. Definitely some beautiful wildlife that's over there. But other than that, they have programs that run out of there. Um, The Eagle Center manager is Miguel, um, Brenda as well, Jen, Nancy, uh, not Nancy, sorry, Tracy. That is also Mm -hmm. a part of the Greenagers program that is thriving. Mm within Heron's Head Park Eco Center. And I've actually had a few young ladies who have had the opportunity to be a part of that program. And just, you know, being able within that program to, you know, nurture those, you know, values within the environment and also teach them new skills that are not only, you know, just for right now, but, you know, for life. It's a beautiful program. Mm. How did you hear about this program? Uh, just with our col- our current collaboration that we have with them and just mm-hmm. being able to find out that, you know, this program has been something that's been existing for some time now and knowing about the, you know, the background and, you know, the reasons why and how it, you know, does add sustainable sustainability and value within the community. So I'm like, I'm all for what you guys are doing. You know, how can I get my girls to be on board with this? There's another program that uh, I got information about about called The Way. I, I don't know if you heard of it, The Way SF. Let's see. They uh, also work with the community. Yes, that's their logo right there. Let's see, um, this one right here. Yes. So they have a garden over on 3rd and Hudson, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And so yeah. you, 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 you uh, get the the girls involved in gardening? Yes, so we, I feel like that the roots to the soil are definitely the roots to your own personal soil. So, and just- Whoa, able, right there. Yes, <laughs> and to be able to have the opportunity to put love into your own community. You know, we can sit back and we can criticize and we could say mm. all the things that we say, but are, what are we doing to really help the situation? Are we a part of the problem or are we a part of the solution? Mm-hmm. And here's your solution right here. Yes. You know, you can just tell by, by <laughs> they're so confident, you know, they're themselves and more. Tell me yeah. about this uh, photo because I know there's a, this is a cheer competition. Was this in, in Las Vegas too? Yes, this was actually the last one that we did. We placed first place. We took two teams to regionals that was here in San Francisco that past year mm. um, in 2019. And they for placed first place in their category. So then we took only our seniors to nationals out there in Las Vegas. And I think this particular group was the Palm group and they placed fourth. Mm. And then the um, hip hop group, they placed fifth. Oh, Palm group. So that means like actual cheer. Is that what it means? Okay. So I wouldn't say like, because when it comes to dance, there's uh-huh. different variations of what palm looks like so for this particular category like you can do um you know a fusion of like different genres within her but as long as you still incorporate you know like those that technique of straight arms with the palms like there's still some cheerleading aspects that are into it mm-hmm. you know and you know the the group is really multifaceted thanks to you um you've also been involved in carnival and this is where we met you know, yes. I, just, I just remember, you You know, this is the Puerto Rican club. I don't know how I, you might have messaged us or me. And then you show up one day, you know, real quiet with, with your son. Yes. And you just observe <laughs> me, just watching. And I'm like, you know, 
the next meeting, you show up with like 10 girls. And I go, oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Tell me how. Right now, when awesome. through, we are active in the building. This particular year was so oh, special God. to me because I felt like I really, I made the costumes. <laughs> So this year, I mean, I mean, I know they're not as glammed out as what you used to, what you are used to identifying that comes with Carnival. But I really like took my time and like, yes, I felt like. And and thanks to Miss Jessica, who's with Rising Rhythm, the fabric came from her. <laughs> so you know, the the creative fabric details of this ensemble definitely came from. The House of Rising Rhythm. <laughs> that is beautiful. And, um, you know, what was it like? Because I remember seeing you all perform, I think, 20, what, 16 was the first time you were first involved in Carnival? Yes. Yes. And I was at, like, uh, Madre Tierra. Was that that first year? Yeah. Mother, yeah. Mother Earth? Yeah. And I remember we took photo shoots up in uh, uh, Dolores Park. Dolores Park, yes. A beautiful experience. Shout out to Amanda, Robert, Michael, all the wonderful photographers that are a part of that experience and make us beautiful. <laughs> More beautiful than what we have to make ourselves look before we get in front of that camera. But I mean, hell, if not for them, you know, we wouldn't be able to see what really goes on in the motion. I mean, because who has time while you're doing mm -hmm. this to stop and take photographs and capture every moment? So yes, definitely shout out to those folks for sure. But uh, you all are involved in, I don't know, how many events in, in, in San Francisco? Because um, there's one in the Fillmore, right? Mm -hmm. What other events do you tend to participate in? So we typically will do anywhere between four to six parades per year within a season. So our season runs, we'll do like summer intensive training that will be um, in June and July. We typically have tryouts in July. Our season starts in August and it runs all the way through June. And then we have, you know, awards that happen in June. So I typically try to cut it off in May. And then June, we are usually celebrating these young queens. And then we start the process all over again. <laughs> but within that time frame, there are usually, um, between four to six parades that we do. So whether it's SF Carnival, mm -hmm. um, SF Juneteenth, there's a Visitation Va Valley Family Day Parade. There's a Willie B. Ken Kennedy Unity Parade. There's Black History Month parades that happen within the Bayview. So whatever you know parade that is going on, we are typically trying to be there, show up, and not only represent feline finesse, but represent you know creative arts within our youth that are from District 10 Bayview Hunters Point. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like that's what makes us so unique with Carnival when we do it every year is the fact that we don't necessarily fall into the categories that you typically see, you know, when you're filling out that initial application to be a part of it. You know, we you are usually that other and that other is very magical. You know, it consists yeah. of Black Girl Magic, Bayview Hunters Point, San Francisco, District 10, a little bit Yay. of Blake. More, it's all of those things combined. Yeah. So we definitely represent something far greater than just FFDC. Yeah, and and like this is the the fruits of your labor. Uh, this is this year now, I guess, or last year, twenty twenty. Yeah, some of your awards. Yes, hanging on the wall. So that is in my that's in my actual house. So now those are hanging at the studio, and I have so many more that I have to still go through boxes here. 
to be able to pin on those walls. But us working within the House of Finesse right now is currently in progress to beautify the space and make it a home not only for FFDC, but a home for everybody. And, and then what I love is like, if you look closely, you know, you have captains, you know, and dancers like categories. But, you know, these young ladies that are older, you know, they've been with you for for at least five years. And you yes. know, you've seen them grow. I've even seen them grow. And to see them mature and become leaders in their own space. That's what I love about you. That's what I love about what you do. Thank you. Uh, I always love following you. And I don't have the next photos. I don't believe I have any photos. Oh, this is just another photo that I wanted to showcase. You know, through the pandemic, tell me about your experience, you know, working with not only the youth, but their parents during this pandemic. And how well, do you feel really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> this particular picture was actually taken at the census caravan that was on Third Street. Um, that is a collaboration with APRI and the U.S. Census. Mm -hmm. um, and just their diligent work. Shout out to APR, APRI SF. Um, not only are they our fiscal sponsors, but they do some amazing work within the community, not just around um you know, employment development around mm -hmm. activism, you know, youth advocacy, like there's so many things and so many avenues that APRI SF supports in. Shout mm -hmm. out to, you know, Mama Jackie, Papa Kurt, Chica, Jake, Sophia, everybody that, you know, helps to make that engine run successfully. Chris, everybody there, um, just definitely their heavy impact within the community and making sure that not only are we educated as a culture, mm. but we are also counted, equally mm. counted at mm. that. It's mm. beautiful. Um, I am moving to the Bayview. District 10 is my, will soon be my district. Come you, on. You move to the mission. <laughs> so you, you're moving to my home. I moved to your home. Yeah, come home on. Collectively. So I'm going to, you know, after this conversation and after all this, I'll, I'll have to, you know, you know, pick your brain and, you know, have you, have you kind of, uh, you know, walk me through the neighborhood, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. This is definitely an organization that, gosh, not only just has their hands tied in anything, but they really, you know, excuse my language, they really give a shit. Like they yeah. really do. And everything is from a wholehearted, selfless point of view that is only for the benefit and the value of the community and the residents that you know, thrive within it. So definitely much love to this team because they definitely put in the work. Dang, I got I to connect. I got to connect for sure. The next, <laughs> next topic, I don't even have any photos because I wanted to kind of start from, from here, look. But House of Finesse. Yes. Where is so it be? And where is it? So this has been such a blessing to come through the organization uh, Economic Development on 3rd, also known as EDOT. Earl mm -hmm. Kristen, who is the amazing owner of uh, Tato, that's also on 3rd Street, Cafe Alma SF, mm -hmm. all good pizza. These amazing folks thought it would be, you know, wonderful to give us this space. Uh, it is such a blessing um, because folks that have been with me for some time now, 
gosh, know that we've started in a backyard. We have utilized garages. Shout out to those parents that we <laughs> utilize <laughs> garages. You know, uh, I've ran an extension cord that has literally came from the third floor out of my back window to reach to my speaker that is in the backyard of the community complex. You know, so, you know, young ladies have been with me along this journey. So this has been a long time coming for sure. Um, and the reason for me calling it House of Finesse is yes, we are Feline Finesse Dance Company, the entity that, you know, has been rooted within Bayview Hunters Point. Mm -hmm. But when a lot of folks think of Feline Finesse, they think of, um, you know, a type of um, exclusivity. Mm -hmm. And we're definitely inclusive, but you definitely have to go through a process, you know, to it's be a part process. of the organization. Um, definitely training for sure. Uh -huh. You know, uh, choreography, execution. We don't turn anyone away. That's just really what it is because I feel like everybody has the unique opportunity to come in here and grow. And we've had some young ladies that have come in here that have had no dancing skills, you know, to where <laughs> some have received scholarships to do tap dance or ballet or jazz or whatever that area may be. So it is a lot of training that goes into the young queens that walk through these doors. But House of Finesse itself is a organization that not only promotes creative arts and community leadership within our youth in Baby Hunters Point, um, but it also allow, it's a space for them to feel free. You know, yeah. for example, there when we do our official grand opening within the space, I definitely want to offer adult classes that will probably consist on Fridays. There's been a lot of adults that have passed by to see the work that we're doing that are like, you know, hey, do, can you teach us? And I'm like, yes, I definitely can, you know, because you know that I'll work with you at this time. Um, also having those days for young ladies who don't feel, you know, ready to come to the company who just kind of want to jam out, you know, and then also having a space for my LGBTQ mm. folks that are within the community, my youth. Mm. Um, you know, because especially growing up within a black neighborhood myself, you know, being able to identify with that culture and that community has always been seen as a taboo, mm. you know, especially growing into now, you know, there's so many stereotypes and labels that come, you know, with being associated with that culture and that community, whereas it has made a lot of our youth afraid to really speak out, use their voice, you know, be comfortable with within, within their own skin and just being able to love on themselves. So I definitely want to create that space for them to be able to come in and know that it's with all love. If there's no other space, definitely House of Finesse is a space for you to Hello. be in. Shout out to this all the people that have put together the work to make this the home, you know? And that's what I love about what you're doing. This queen right here, most folks know her as Miss Mo. She was the creative director over the Sherman Elementary yeah. um, youth when they were a part of Carn SF Carnival. Her creative skills are beyond this world. Like she mm -hmm. not only, you know, does freehand, she does her tapestry. Like she is such a well-rounded queen and we are beyond blessed to have her creative you know, support and love within the space. <laughs> Not the mama. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to show this. So this is what she was working on. Yes. Tell me about this piece. So that comes from one of her many pieces. And for me, I just identify with it as, you know, such black girl magic 
you know, not only is that piece that she's curated, she's got a few more that is not not only representative of Black girl magic, but also the Bay Area in general. Mm. So, you know, with expressions and, you know, different gestures and just the overall African-American culture leading all the way through the diaspora experience that is representative of our culture. And y'all are putting a lot of work. It is, does not look easy, but I'm like following every post. Tell me what you're doing inside the space to make it feel like House of Finesse. Well, for one, we have decided to paint these colors of purple and gold to give it such a, for one, purple is my favorite color okay. and gold is my dad's favorite color. Ah. So rest in peace, dad. This is definitely for you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> definitely um, just having such a, a, like a royalty feel. So yeah, we can call ourselves kings and queens all day long, but let's have a palace that we can actually walk into and share some good energy. <laughs> um, you know, with the LED lights in the space, that's all for my young queens because my young ladies definitely love the LED lights, um, the color scheme, the design in the inside definitely uh, was done by me. I had mm -hmm. the help of my parents to help, you know, clean up the space, you know, touch up corners, um, you know, put tape down, whatever it may be. We actually came in there for a full day of cleansing <laughs> mm. find a space. So shout out to my parents that have been extremely instrumental in that support and making sure that that love goes into the space before we officially, officially open it up. So just so that people are aware of where exactly the space is. So if you go on third street right there, right? So between LaSalle and Kirkwood, Yes. Correct. Yes. Shout out to our neighbors on that block. Uh, Pizza Zone, uh, Star Markets, uh, The Corner. Uh, I think it's Sophia's, Sophia's Beauty Shop. The tattoo place that's right there. Like we mm -hmm. are all pumping out that good love and that good energy on the 4400 block of Third Street. <laughs> hey, and, and when this thing all opens up, this is going to be a banging block right here in the best sense of the word because we know how it be sometimes but this one's gonna be dope yes it definitely is and there's a lot of people that have gone into making sure that you know we bring back that black business ownership to bayview hunters point the, mm -hmm. the entire district team 10 team downtown with shaman percy uh nancy tracy everybody that's on board to make sure that we are continuing to keep the black businesses thriving, but mm. also making sure in respect to keeping the culture and the community of Baby Hunters Point and the history that comes with that. How do you feel about it? I mean, it's a lot of responsibility, but in a good way. Um, how do you see yourself blossoming into this new phase, an added phase to your trajectory? Um, I see myself as one of the many puzzle pieces of the whole picture mm. and the work that any and all work that needs to be done, I am definitely on board to do that. So whether it is acknowledging our youth, whether it's youth advocacy in ourselves and speaking out, you know, for our youth or advocating for black businesses, helping to add value and sustainability within the neighborhood with growing gardens, making sure our youth are exposed to that uh, community stewardship and that leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel like in every area, I want to be a part of the solution and the transformation, you know, of that process. 
because it's not just me. There's tons of organizations in Bayview Hunters Point. There's Be Magic. There's 100 College Prep. There is uh, Wise Health SF. There's CYC. There's Bayview YMCA. Um, there is Boys and Girls Club. There's just so many. Jolie Recreation Center. There's just so many beautiful leaders that come out of San Francisco and that are operating and running programs that are definitely, definitely helping the youth and the residents, not just within District 10, but SF in general. Well, you know, and that's why I love the work you do, because you do it with uh, humility. You know, you yes. just shout out like 50,000 people. I'm trying to just highlight you. Yes. <laughs> you are not for one you're not in this battle in mm -hmm. this great struggle in this great journey alone you are alongside so many other great people that are trying to do the same thing as you you guys have the same intentions the same mission so why mm -hmm. not unify why not unify and beautify because teamwork really makes the dream work I love it. Um, before we, I close with the, the three questions I ask all, all my Real City Ambassadors. I just want to say also highlight you as a mother. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a parent yet. And, and just to see how you really raise your son and, you know, what you, what you're blessing him with. For me as an observer is just like, Damn, I want to be like her. <laughs> and, you know, like mad respect, you know, for what you're doing, and it, and I want to help him, you know. Thank you. So, so you know, you know that for me, he has a support system, and now that I'm going to be on District 10, like I want him to show me, you know, the places he likes over there, and learn from him, and then I I wish to one day teach him whatever it is he may want to learn. Yes, you know that. I definitely, definitely appreciate that because, you know, we are definitely about women empowerment. Um, I am a single mother and I have only one child. Technically, I have three, four, four beautiful godchildren, uh, one young man and the rest female. But as far as biologically, uh -huh. um, this is my only king that I'm raising. And my mom literally just had a talk with him the other day. Like, I don't think you really realize that your mom is building a legacy for you. And it says these are big shoes that you have to feel because not only have I done it for your mother and you know, your uncles, but she's doing it for you. So mm. definitely your actions make a difference in every way. Yeah. And I, I did want to just, just highlight his beauty real quick. You know, I know that you, you know, that's no matter what you do and where you go, this is young gentleman's there with you. And, and, and I love his spirit. Yeah, yes. positive spirit, and he's he just my always... biggest supporter. <laughs> Besides my mom, he is my biggest supporter and my best friend. I love, I love him it. so. I love it. So let's start with the. I just wanted to finish on that note. Um, <laughs> but three questions I always ask everyone: Your favorite street right now is anywhere in the Bay. Anywhere in the Bay. Okay, so I gotta cheat and give you two favorite streets. Okay, let's do it. Of course, Third Street, because Third Street is just popping with a whole bunch of black magic, black girl magic, black boy joy, all of those things. My <laughs> second favorite street would be, actually, I'm gonna give you three, would be Kirkwood, because that is, I just feel like it is a street 
that runs with such resiliency. It is definitely a different type of jungle, but it is also a community and family. When I lived there, I don't think I ever, you know, really received as much, you know, love and looking out for and, you know, if your kid is out here playing, you're in a house cooking, like, you know, the neighbors, the community has them. Like, it's such a family community feel. Now that you've got some ups and downs, but. Here in SF, Kirkwood is the same. Are you yeah. Okay, okay. So there's Kirkwood at the top and then there's Kirkwood at the bottom. I was Kirkwood at the top. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Now you're, what does that mean? Well, I don't think it means anything. It just means that one, when Kirkwood runs through, it has a cutoff point and then it continues at the bottom, oh. like where third is. Oh, like, wait, wait, where did, here, like in this area? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, you're referring Kirkwood where? Kirk, I'm referring to Kirkwood, up on the hill that is like by Northridge, um, right across the street from the Boys and Girls Club that is also on uh, Kirkwood, well, actually Kiska, because Kiska stops. It's it's kind of confusing. <laughs> Kirkwood, no, I I Kirkwood in dormitory, and then Kiska starts, and then Kiska kind of runs on up right oh, there. This. So is this Kirkwood closer to third? Is that you're referring to, or no? No, I'm referring to the Kirkwood that's at the top. All right, I got to figure that one later. What's it's the, the one closer to the shipyard. That'll probably be easier to identify. Cool. Then my last favorite street uh -huh. would of course be Peralta, the street that I grew up on. I mean, it's amazing. In San Francisco? And no, in Oakland, in West Oakland. Um, West Oakland. Tell me about Peralta. Man, Peralta, for one, all my friends stayed right, either right across the street from me, right next door, right around the corner. We always went to the park literally every day, or they came to my house and we played Barbie dolls. Remondi, or which one? Huh? Which park? Oh, gosh, I can't even think of the name of the park. But it's like, I think it's on 10, not Defermery. I used to dance at Defermery. But it was like right around the corner. I think it was on Union or something like that. Got it. We used to go to the liquor store in a laundromat that was like right down the street. And back in the day, the corner store used to sell bags for uh, chips for 10 cents. The hell happened? <laughs> 10 cents. I mean, you could get a lot with a dollar. That's what uh -huh. I can say back then. Then you can now. <laughs> and what's your favorite restaurant right now? Okay, so I have been thinking Drop about a few, maybe. I do have to drop a few. Um, gosh, Little Star Pizza, I will say that is on 14, is that 14? No, 15th, 15th in Valencia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And to tell you the truth, Little Star Pizza is owned by the same people that own Star Market on Kirkwood and 3rd. Check that out. And the place that's also on 3rd called Pizza Zone. Oh, so a lot of people would know that. So if you're looking to still support some Bayview Hunters Point businesses, Little Star is definitely an organization that is connected heavily within Bayview Hunters Point. It's just over here in the mission. <laughs> yeah, you That's dope. You know? I thought they were outside of from San Francisco. I didn't know they were San Franciscan based. No, not at all. What else? What else? Um, I definitely would have to shout out to Auntie April's. Chicken and Waffles on Third Street is screaming. Uh, and waffles. Damn. Okay, hold up. And waffles. Third. No, you just put in Auntie April's. Oh, 
Oh, and it popped right up. See, first name popped right up. Yeah. <laughs> and if right, I'm okay. telling you it's good and I don't eat meat, you know it's good. You know it's good. <laughs> what, what? So I got to get the chicken and waffles? Yes. I'm pretty sure you can get like um, oxtails is good, smothered pork chops. Is, I'm giving you all the things I just should not be. I'm moving on this. So you better and try their food. It is delicious. A lot of labor and love. I There's love also Tato on surgery. Hold up. Give me a second. Tato. How do you spell it? T-A-T-O? Mm-hmm. Oh. Wait. Okay. Right now, I have to tell you about their, like, grand take on Elote. Like, it is so good even just like with their i'm pretty sure their regular meat options but their vegan and vegetarian options is out of this world like i don't even know how they come up with these recipes but and then they also have something special where they have a, a special promotion on fridays i believe where it's called taco love and you can pay any amount that you have and you can still get something to eat <laughs> or if you pay the full amount that it costs for the plate you donate one meal to an essential worker within the community Wow. They are doing their thing, making sure that our essential people are fed, our homeless folks are fed, everything. Yo, I'm going to be there real quick, real soon. Yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, man, anything else you want to share before we call it a hasta luego? Um, I do want to share my favorite park, which is India Basin Shoreline Park. They're actually about to have a lot of great things that are going to go in the process of beautifying the space, uh, revitalizing the information that comes in there. I know APRI has had a huge role in activating that technology hub that's going on. So when I say that, that means that young folks that are currently, you know, doing distance online learning and don't have the mm -hmm. proper access to Wi-Fi, because I definitely know a few, uh, mm -hmm. can come down to India Basin Shoreline Park and access the Wi-Fi that is associated with the technology hub. And this is what the yeah. hub will look like? Um, I No, this, this looks like nine, a 900 Ennis project a little bit right there. Mm. Well, that's part of India Basin Shoreline, but uh, what you were showing me looks like 900 Ennis. But yes, there is a project that is coming to India Basin that is dealing with, you know, um, making sure that lights are going to go in place, uh, better bathrooms, because right now there is a porta potty station that is there that has a water fountain, like a wash station that's connected to it. But no, <laughs> we need an actual bathroom. We, yeah. What I'm pretty much saying is that we need our area to look like an area that we typically escape to go and play at a park, whether yeah. it's two miles away or five miles away. We need our area to look like um, it's being cared for with love and definitely mm -hmm. with the public and private funding that y'all getting to make sure y'all put into the projects that y'all do. Make it happen. Make it work in respect to the community. How can people support uh, House of Finesse and Feline Finesse Dance Company? Uh, right now, we have an active GoFundMe campaign that is on GoFundMe, and it's under the hashtag Project mm -hmm. Finesse. So you can go to GoFundMe.com and, you know, type in the search bar, hashtag Project Finesse, and our campaign will pop up. We have a $5,000 goal. Uh, we also have a wish list on Amazon. Mm. And that is actually in the link. 
it's a link that's in our bio on our uh, Instagram page for Feline Finesse. Finesse is two N. I should know that. Oh no, two S's. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's it. Nah. Nice. So we're pretty. We're actually pretty close to our goal. I definitely right. have to thank all of the major support that has gone into. And this picture right here is from our Halloween events <laughs> that we did in Oakland. Let me share that link right now. That's great. Cool. So people can share. Yes, please do share, repost, get the message out. Um, we are definitely, you know, looking for folks to really donate on our Amazon wish list. We have some items that are of high priority that are on there. So we're looking for tumbling mats, um, you know, the wet, the tumbling wedges that are associated associated with that, the cheese wheel, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. Is that How do I find the wish list? So if you go to our Instagram um, page, oh. the girls page. Okay. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be in in our bio, the link in our bio. Got it. Bam, right, it. right there. Oh, perfect, perfect. So oh. we have chairs on there, but unfortunately, the items that we put for our highest priority is all the way at the bottom of the list. So you can see, like it says, priority the highest. We uh -huh. need those things. We need those tumbling mats. Why can't you move them up? I don't know. I tried to, and it, it's crazy. Maybe because I searched for those first. That was like mm. literally the first things that I put on the list. Wow. And then I said, okay, well, what else do we need? We need LED lights. So shout out to folks that have gotten us LED lights because I have had Look, just. So I guess someone has to do it because if I filter it by priority, then it goes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to go and do that when we get offline. There you go, people. The wish list is open. Please donate. Please support. And I'm going to be over there taking dance classes from you. Absolutely. So you guys just wait until we do this grand opening of the House Finesse. Uh -huh. It's definitely going to be big, but it's not going to be too big for you. So meaning all walks of life, all shapes. All sizes, all colors, everybody is welcome. Just make sure that you got some <laughs> dancing shoes on and you're ready to boogie. Let's do, it. Let's do <laughs> it. I love it. Leela, Coach Leela, thank you so much. Have thank a great rest of Saturday. You too. Blessings and health and yeah. life. Peace.